All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Mind Soul Connection podcast. My name is Jamie Blaustein. I'm the CEO of the Sylvia Braffman Mental Health Center, and here with my co-founder Ben Braffman, the Chief yes, Clinical Officer. Welcome. It's uh, starting to cool down here in Florida. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Turning the corner into um, you know post Labor Day. Uh, life, uh, kids going back to school, and yeah. and the weather cooling down, and football starting, and so Thank I'm sort of sort of happy to be out of August, <laughs> and um, looking forward to digging in today to yes, uh, actually um, a little bit more of a fun, well, fun and and serious at the same time. Uh, I should say thought provoking topic. Um, pick your poison. I want to look at different addictions okay and i want to get your clinical perspective on them okay um i have a lot of questions and i think a lot of people are interested in in you know the difference between drug addiction versus alcoholism versus gambling versus food um i want to draw some some you know comparisons among these and uh and talk about them so first i just want to define addiction and and i'm going to give you my my definition based on like what I was brought up in and, you know, in, in, in 12 step rooms and, and things of that nature and just my own experience. And then I want to ask for your clinical right definition. Right? right. So when I say, um, I'm an addict, right. For so many years, I thought that meant, yeah, I just know that it causes, uh, consequences in my life that it doesn't cause normal earth people as I like to call them. Right. Um, But today I understand a little bit more of a nuanced definition of that, which is I have this really three components. One, this we'll call it a a physical allergy. Uh, It basically means I start and I cannot stop. Something takes over and I lose the power to stop. It's a it's a phenomenon of craving. And, um, and I don't know the mechanism behind that. I don't think, you know, there's different theories on it. Some people say it's a gene. Some people say if you have this combination of genes, right, or, or X percentage out of 100, you know, you have it. If you have, uh, some people say it's an enzyme thing in mm-hmm. terms of how we process chemicals. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's a chemical imbalance. And I don't know, and I don't really care, because my experience confirms that when I start drugs and alcohol, I cannot stop. I have to get stopped. Okay. Second component here is we'll call it a mental obsession. Mental obsession is why I can't stay stopped. So let's just say um, it's drugs and alcohol, right? And I get out of a rehab and I have 30 days clean or 90 days or even 10 years, 20 years. It's the subtle insanity that precedes starting again. Meaning my mind feeds me a lie. I can do one. I deserve it. Nobody will know. And I believe that lie and I start again. And frankly, that's the true insanity of of addiction, right? It's like, I'm not dependent on anything anymore at this point, whether it's the behavior or the substance. And I know the consequences that lay ahead if I continue to do it. And I know that I'm not supposed to be doing it, yet I go back to it anyway. And, And typically that's coming in the form of a delusion. And I start again and I kick off that allergy and I cannot stop. And then the last part is is the spiritual whole. Again, I, I talked about this on another episode. A doctor might call it anxiety or depression. Uh, the way that I view the spiritual malady, it's, a, it's an image that comes into my mind, which is I imagine myself being in an apartment alone. For some reason, New York City pops up by myself, miserable, and that every single person I've ever met 
is having this amazing party somewhere, mm. like from different parts of my life that in right. reality don't actually know each other. And they're having this amazing party the, the night of their lives. And they're talking about what a loser I am that I'm not there. Mm. That to me encapsulates this spiritual whole. It's a feeling of lack of fulfillment. It's a feeling of um, separation. And so what was taught to me is that if I'm going to lose the mental obsession to do the drug or the, or the drink or the behavior, I need to fill that hole again, whether that's depression or a spiritual malady. Right, right, right. Um, and if I fill that hole, I will lose the obsession. And if I lose the obsession, then I don't need to worry about the allergy because I'm not going to pick up the first one. And so that is the framework that I viewed addiction through. And it's made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it is certainly um, applicable to my experience with, with drug addiction. But I want to ask you, um, from a more clinical perspective, what is addiction? So <clears throat> there's a di- there's a number of ways that I could go about defining it. The first thing I want to do is is just uh, sort of create a, a, a foundation here, and that is that addiction um, it impacts four the, the the main four areas of your life: you know, your physical well being, mental emotional well being, your social well being, and your spiritual well being. I mean that that's that's when I'm talking about addiction and we're talking about this, that's it. Th- those are the areas you can call them something else, but those are the areas. And so basically addiction can be viewed as a, a love hate relationship with an entity, uh, something or a person with negative consequences with devastating consequences. That's so that's, that's one thing you can, you can call it. Um, it's also, a disease of the brain. It's a disease of perception. Mm. So imagine for, for a moment that you go to a pool, you're maybe you're, you're a little kid who goes to a pool and they look down and they see reflection in the pool. What do they see? What do they see? They see themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They think that that person is right there. So they lean forward and they fall in and they drown. And, and, and that's metaphorically what happens with the disease of addiction. Your perception is broken. You don't view things the way that, as you said, earth people or normal people view things. Um, another way to look at it clinically is that I need this, whatever it is, regardless of any consequences mm. to anyone, person, place, or thing. I need this. I, I I have to have this. Yeah. It's no longer, it's not longer. It's a nice want, you know, it's, I have yeah. to, it's, it becomes, this is what I do. This is now my primary purpose. Even despite the fact that not only is there external unmanageability, but I think we don't talk enough about the internal unmanageability, right? Like, of course, if I'm uh, an addict, I'm going to probably start blowing money. I'm probably going to, you know, suffer, you know, family, there's all the external stuff, of course, but it's the internal stuff too. So there's certainly unmanageability. There's certainly powerlessness. And are those themes that you talked about and and that I talked about, do you think they're consistent throughout all addictions, regardless of what the behavior or thing is? Yes. Yes. You, You can, you can play on words a little bit. And, and, and if I had to, you know, gun to head, if you asked me, you know, you know, chisel it down. To me, it's a, it's a, it's a disease of the brain. Yeah, it's a, so, it's a misperception of things. So, alcoholism and addiction, 
they've somehow been separated in, mm. in terms of like, um, like I believe they are absolutely the same thing, right? Like, look, if you took all of the drugs off the planet somehow, mm-hmm. I would be a textbook alcoholic, right? It's just that I chose and preferred the feeling of certain mm-hmm. drugs, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, look, there's no no nothing inherent about alcohol that like makes it distinct from you know coke, heroin, all that other stuff, right? Right. I think it's the social element of it, right? That it's legal, right? So there's a fellowship. Yep. AA. Yeah. There's an NA fellowship. Right. It's frankly the same thing. In same in thing. in same you know 90% of the people at AA meetings are addicts. The, the it's the same thing. The approach might be a little different. Right. Well, do, is it a, a socially driven thing or is there anything inherent about addiction to call it any narcotic versus alcohol? No, I mean the 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 disease of the brain is the same right, the mechanism right but the you know and and sometimes the function of it is a little different like uh like when when you're an alcoholic part of being an alcoholic for for many people is the social aspect of mm-hmm. it. they get addicted to the lifestyle right. but let's re- let's remember this let's not let, let let's not use kit kitty gloves with this when we're talking about addiction you're talking about end stage cancer Right. Like you're drinking alone. Right. Like they don't even want to be around. Right. Now, there are people that come into recovery that, you know, again, it can look different for different people. Right. right. For some people, it's waking up and hitting the bottle. Yeah. And for others, it, it actually stays social on the surface. But if you ask a lot of those people, they'll tell you, I didn't feel like I was connecting. No, they're anybody. alone. They're but alone. most people, yeah. I mean, for yeah. me at the very end, all I wanted was to be alone in a room yeah. with my drugs. Yeah. I don't know anybody that, that, is a social crack addict right or is or shoots dope and yeah, they're with, watching, friends. with friends and they're yeah. having a ball game and yeah. watching a ball game eating pizza like that's just that's not what no, this is no we like to go in a dark hole i i, I like to say and it, you know because I, I like to keep things you know simple addicted to it addicted to all yeah right that that's that's how you have to approach it and i go back to this is a disease of the brain yeah the thing I, I do see that's a little bit different, and I don't think that because we were just focusing on the mechanism, right? Right, right, right. But, so I'm actually going to hone in on, on the impact of thereafter, uh, which is alcohol tends to be a slower death is what I've seen. Uh, drugs will take you out quick, hmm. right? And that's why like, I'm actually really grateful that by 18, it was so clear I am an addict, Uh because it forced me into enough unmanageability to finally wave the white flag at 23, 24 years old. Um, I think that I often, you know, I sponsor and, and work with a ton of guys that are a lot older. Um, and like, they were good through their twenties, thirties, forties. It's like, you know, at, at 45, 50, 60, they started start to cross that line into powerlessness, AKA right. into chronic alcoholism. Um, it's not always that way. And frankly, when I see someone who's like 19 and they're like a true alcoholic, that almost scares me more than like a true heroin addict. Right. Because They've like, okay, a lot they're, of research. They're the, well, not only that, but it escalated quickly, yes. right? They're the real deal. Yes. Um, yes. And, and here, here's what's devastating. What's devastating is, is that it, whether it's drugs or alcohol, there are grave consequences. You can be 18 or 19 years old and start your starting your career as an alcoholic, get in a car because you're wasted and you slam into a telephone pole and you're dead. 
or worse, you slam into a family of five and they're dead or you're dead or one, something like that. Like, was that person at 18 or 19 an alcoholic? Probably not. Not yet. Right. But they were they were on their way. And the sure. fact that they that that they made that judgment. Sure. You know, that's that's not a good scenario. Yeah. And I think at least in terms of um, the types of folks that we treat at Sylvia Brathman, um, it is somewhat important to draw the distinction between the the real deal chronic addict alcoholic, mm-hmm. which in my view has those three things that I mentioned and the hard drinker or the hard user. And then the moderate drinker, the moderate user. Right. So there is a, a line and it represents power of choice on that spectrum where there are certain people that maybe they end up in rehab. Uh, it certainly causes problems in their life, but if they absolutely have to stop because of a circumstance and stay stopped, yeah, they can do that. And so sometimes it's hard to differentiate those. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Okay. Maybe they're not, they don't have the mechanism of being an, a, a, a true addict in terms of allergy, obsession, malady. Uh, Maybe they have two of the three and maybe they have a co-occurring like a mental health thing going on mm-hmm. and they just use the substances to mitigate the impact of the underlying condition. So I leave figuring that out to experts like you. Sure. Um, but it's definitely something that like we think about too, right? Is this person like the real deal or are they using to cover something up? Not that it's mutually exclusive. It could probably be both, but. Right. And, 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 you know, treatment is different, you know, treatment you don't have to be addicted to be in treatment. Um, so, so it's, you know, so we, you know, we deal with it differently. Mm. You know, it could be, it could, you could be right. It could be that they can smoke marijuana casually. It can be that they can drink everyone, but their life is unmanageable in some ways. Right. They're in treatment for a reason. Sure, sure. And if I just know that if you're like me, if you're wired like me and I am the real deal, if I smoke weed, Maybe I can go, you know, a, a couple of days just doing that and be okay. Yeah. I know in my core very quickly, I will be doing coke, shooting heroin, smoking crack, kicked out of my apartment in an alley, right? Like in my core, I know that's where it goes. Right. Um, but not for everybody. There are some people that's out true. there that that can and and are they the you know the real addict alcoholic i i don't know um i, I tend to think that they don't need exactly what i need but they, there's some sort of wellness package out there for them so i don't like to get too technical about this but um i'm just grateful that i know my truth and um, no, and that's my truth that's and so Yep. Thank God I figured that out early. Yes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> so I want to dig into uh, gambling, gambling okay. addiction. Oh, my mom is FaceTiming me. Hi, mom. <laughs> You'll see this at some point in the future. Uh, so I can't talk right now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, good old mom. Yeah, good old mom. Say hello to Karen. <laughs> I will. I will. You know, it's funny is that I when I was thinking about uh, doing – uh, making a big move from Wall Street down here. And I told my mom initially that I was thinking about starting a treatment center. Yeah. She initially was like, no, don't do that. You're like uh, 30 minutes away from me in New York. You have this amazing job. Yeah. And then I told her it was with you. And um, she immediately forwarded me emails hmm. from like three years after you kicked me out of Destination Hope. Yeah. Uh, where you were checking in to see how I was doing and you know, that meant a lot to her. And, um, and so she's super happy and grateful that I made this move. And yeah. 
um, speaking of mom, so shout out to Karen. Yes, um, thriving, her name Karen. is Karen Epstein, which we like to joke is is a really unfortunate name to have in 2023 uh, between the Karen and the Epstein. But uh, yeah, she's great. So gambling. Yeah, uh, this is a scary one to me. It's scary to me because I just and I don't have too much exposure to it, but um, the external unmanageability piles up so fast. You have burned your life to the ground financially. As a result of that, it often obviously parlays into your relationships. You got people looking for you. Yeah. You, it happens very fast in a matter of moments. What are your thoughts on gambling addiction? I mean, certainly an addiction. I mean, I, I, I see a lot of people get clean from alcohol and drugs and then that becomes the new thing. Um, I'm lucky. I've never, just I've never really had an interest and I know that I have potential um, if I were to, but you know, what's your take on that? So, and where does that sit on the spectrum of like severity of addictions? Uh, no, it's, it's what you just said. I mean, when you get to, when you get to the addicted part of gambling and, you know, again, it, go back to the definition, you know, what we're talking about, it is, it's a, it's, a, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a disease of the brain and you have a certain perception of things and, and you're off and, you know, um, just a quick story. I, I was in Vegas and uh, I literally witnessed a guy go to the wherever you go to get money mm-hmm. and uh, he mortgaged his house. Mm-hmm. Like he mortgaged his house. I saw another old woman who was wearing Depends um, while she was doing the video poker. Like, again, wearing what? Like, depends, like under, like, like oh. diapers. Oh, you know, like, the, you know, like, you know, so she didn't have to go to the bathroom. Oh, God. Like, I mean, you know, just, those are just, I mean, there's so many, there's so many stories, yeah. but it's the same thing. It's, yeah. it's, you know what it is? It's, it's pleasure versus pain. It's, it's, I'm in pain because I can't tolerate something that's going on with me emotionally. And so I gotta be, I gotta have pleasure in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and all I gotta do is, is all I gotta do is win. Right. Can I, gotta, can I, can I push back on that for a minute? And sure. Say it's, it's euphoria and adrenaline. As much as pleasure, sure. I get what you're saying. There's sure. two sides to the coin, right? Uh, absolutely. But you're looking for a hit. You, you're you're looking for something, but you you literally get off on the on the gambling aspect of it. It's not it's not the bet itself. It's not that. It's not the gamble itself. It's yeah. the lifestyle, right. right? And just like just like just like drug addiction, when you go meet your drug dealer, right? It's the lifestyle. It's like is that. That is headlights. I mean, that was that the, the, almost the best part like, of that. that. Right. And and so it's the same exact thing. The process is the same exact thing. There, there's going to be intangibles that are that are different. Um, but but yes, it's it, it affects the same part of the brain. That's you know, that's a fact. Um, a lot of times alcoholism and gambling go together. Um, a lot, you know, drug addiction and gambling go together. You can imagine why, right? Um, sometimes you've got to be stoned to make some of these horrific bets and gamble on things that you shouldn't be gambling on. Yeah. The, um, by definition too, you're not, if you, if you, if you have the mechanism of addiction that's active, right. You're not able to be intentional and methodical about how you place bets. So you're, you're going to chase the high. So you're naturally going to end in a hole if you're an addict, right. Like you win and then 
I, I'm already like I'm not even placing a bet right now, but yes. I'm already like thinking. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I gotta win more, right? Because right? it's the disease of more. Right. The kid is I need more, 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 right? So naturally, that always is going to end with a loss of some sort, right? So maybe so, you can walk away once or twice, but you're gonna feel that itch. I gotta get more, 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 and more, and it's the same draw that you feel as a drug addict, alcoholic. It's the same that that draw, that pull, that perception of reality. Yeah, it's the same draw. There's a there's an older TV show called The Odd Couple, um, with uh, you know Felix and Oscar. Felix is a neat freak. Oscar is a he's a um, he's a sloppy guy. He's a sports writer. Like me and you, exactly. Yeah, he's a sloppy guy, and he's a he's a sports writer, and he's a he's a he's a gambler. I don't want, I want to say degenerate gambler, but he's a gambler. Anyway, he gets Felix, who's this proper, you know, he's a photographer. He's, you know, everything is squared away. Anyway, there's an episode about gambling where Oscar gets Felix gambling, um, not not hesitantly, and and at the end of the show, they they're they're betting on dog racing, and the his dog loses by a nose and, and Felix is going, yeah, he lost it this much. I can't believe it. And, and he would have won if this, this, and this, and he, and he's literally, he's literally foaming at the mouth and, you know, turning into something that he's not. And Oscar says to him very simply, because he knows who he is, Oscar. He says, that's why it's called gambling Mm -hmm. because you'll lose your soul. Mm -hmm. You lose your soul over it. And cause, cause you're so close. You're so close to the to the win. Mm. To you figured it out, and it's very similar. And I'm sure you, I know you've gone through this, but it's very similar to drug addiction. I can control my drug use on a Tuesday when the moon is full, right? And I'm wearing red. Then I know I can shoot heroin successfully. I'm right there. I almost did it. I overdosed, and I was in the hospital for three days. Yeah. They popped my stomach, but this time I figured it out. And so that's that's the um, that that's the draw that that we we suffer from. Yeah, and I think that is the the surrender where we have actually have a shot to get better is when it goes from here to here. Yeah, and we say we feel I finally believe that I cannot think my way out of this. I cannot crack the right combination. Got to get to that. You got you give me ninety nine. Point nine percent there, but you're still gonna pick up if you're a hundred percent there. That you're fully surrendered. There's no wiggle room to rationalize. You cannot that. think your way out of of addiction. A broken mind can't fix a broken mind. That's true. So I want to dig. Uh, we talked about sex, uh, sex addiction on a podcast yes. um, a while back. <laughs> we just want to get to know you and, more. And, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I said to you, hey, is it is it an addiction? Because like I, I wasn't really sure. Um, I, I think you, you heard a lot of – I think there are people that use it as a cop-out. Like, oh, I'm a sex addict, right? To yeah. sort of like explain, uh, you know, transgressions, if you will. Um, but I asked you, is it is it a really like an addiction? You said absolutely, unequivocally, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is certainly an addiction. It destroys lives, et cetera. Um, can you like kind of break that down a little more? And, and more specifically, I'm wondering like, okay, I think about like SLA, right? There are fellowships out there for for sex, yeah. um, sex addiction. And like, I, I don't know, you know, my gut is to ask you to quantify it, but like I could see the addiction to like three different things. Again, from my layman perspective, the the physical piece, like the orgasm basically. Right. Um, 
the intimacy and the closeness and and the validation right what what is like the main draw towards that is it is it kind of all of it kind of in one can you separate it out like, no it's, it's it's the same thing that we've been talking about it's this perception that that we have that we need to do this for whatever the reasoning is in your addicted brain and if i don't do it uh, i'm gonna die mm -hmm. there's gonna be some constant if i don't do this like I can't live mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's not about the outcome, right? Just like you just said before, like your, your, your lifestyle as a, as a drug addict, that's the draw. And it's, and it's the lifestyle of the sex addict. That's the draw, whatever, whatever you're into that, you know, the, you know, that's the draw. And then, and then from there you break it down. Listen, there's massive consequences. Marriages are, are ruined because of it. You get, you know, sexually transmitted diseases and beyond that you know there's all kinds of communicable diseases mm. that that you know that people get children are affected by it um you break the law right um but doing that um you know there's just so many consequences to it that are it's very similar to the to the other addictions that we've discussed and, and porn i wonder about porn addiction right that's the yeah. thing that a lot of people it's obviously so accessible um is it the same mechanism as sex i mean i it's, I, it's I worked with someone once who told me like, like six, actually maybe we were talking to him together, like 15 or 16 hours a day. Yeah. Porn. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same mechanism. That's, that's his heroin. Right. You know, that's his, that's his marijuana. That's his cocaine. Um, same exact thing. And, and, you know, watching porn, you're, you're, you're stimulating that part of your brain. Right. And you're you're creating this world that in reality doesn't exist. Mm. So, for example, for men who watch porn, one of the things that gets them off is that they they watch POV because the fantasy is, is that they're in the video. Right. Right. And so that becomes their reality. That becomes, as you just said, their intimacy. That becomes sure. their that's love. Yeah. Like are you there's a are there's you, a fantastical are you element kidding to me? it. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Um so um we can dig into so many of these. I I, I know gaming and you know phone addiction is uh certainly making headlines. We've had a, a couple of folks come to Sylvia Bradford yeah. who we've done a really great job, props to you on that, uh with the gaming addiction in particular. Yeah. Um but I do want to end on on food. Uh we <laughs> We both relate to this. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely have struggled with this. And for a while I was trying to figure out, am I like the quintessential food addict who belongs in a fellowship like OA, Overeaters Anonymous, which I've attended, uh, or am I addicted to the sugar, mm -hmm. right? Am I, am I just, is the allergy sort of being triggered by sugar and I start and I can't stop. Mm -hmm. And I look at my conduct and my behavior and I think it's the second one when I have sugar, something goes off in my brain. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've dated girls before that have said to me, hey, don't eat ice cream in front of me because, like, you freak me out, right? Like, you get this crazy look in your eye. He <laughs> uh, turns into a wearable. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Like, like even actually the dinner, like, um, a, a week ago, and, and, and this girl who I didn't even uh, – I was – there was this girl that I hadn't even met, and somebody said, should we get dessert? And she was like, oh, my God, the look on your face. She didn't even know that about me. But like, wow. it does something to me. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 definitely there. 
for me to some extent, but I mean, I know people that have really struggled with this and the sugar challenging is, thing about it, poison. That's yeah, poison. it really is. I mean, that's just another drug. I mean, I used to go in the, whatever, I don't want to go into to war stories with yeah. peanut butter, but yeah. um, I've let, had me, let me share something with you. So I was diagnosed with type two diabetes 10 years ago. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta be honest. It saved my life. Mm. Um, I was about 30 pounds overweight, um, ate like crap. Um, my mood was not good. And, uh, I spent a weekend in the hospital. I remember this, not knowing what the hell my life was going to look like completely overwhelmed. Didn't know what diabetes truly was. Listen, they never teach us how to eat. They teach us here's food, just eat. They teach us how to eat, you know, what, what to put first and all of that stuff. And, and it's a battle. You know, and, and, you know, just like we've talked about how there's influences, right? There's cultural influences in DNA and genetics, you know, being Jewish, you know, being Jewish and having, you know, ha having uh, generations come from the Holocaust of, of like complete devastation and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. I mean, I grew up in a household where literally every angle there was food everywhere and that was love. Yeah. Right. That was love. And that was so that was Sylvia again. Shout yeah. out to Sylvia Braffin. But um, it's food is slightly different in this way. We need that. Food. Right now. That's what I was my next we, point. We, we need food. Right. I mean, we got to eat, you know, and yeah. and and uh, we just need to be careful. Yeah. Diabetes in a in a in a warped way, in a weird way. It's, it saved me because I started to eat better. Yeah. I started well, it provided a guardrail for you. Um Unfortunately, you know, through health consequences, but fortunately, like you said, right, because that's what they do in some of the fellowships around this. Again, you have to eat, right? Yep. So you need to establish your baseline, your ideal. And sex addicts do this too, right? Because they don't not date, um, or maybe early on, right? But people that are, you know, sex and love addicts, right? You right. need to establish an ideal and a baseline. And to what extent can you abide by that? And if you don't, it's considered a relapse, right? Mm. So when I was dabbling in OA, it, it felt kind of funny at the time. And, and I don't think I necessarily belong in that fellowship, but I would text the guy that was sponsoring me like, hey, I got to get honest. Like I had a low fat yogurt in the middle of the night and he was like, all right, back to day one. Oh um, but you know, it's a, it's a real thing. And, yeah, um, and so, yeah, I, this has been super insightful. Um, I think my takeaway here is, you know, what you said, I'm just going to use your words, addicted to it, it addicted, addicted to all. all. Yep. Um, just, you know, it kind of rears its head in different ways and has different flavors. But um, I'm really glad that that we have solution today. And, um, yes. and that, you know, some of the struggles that I've gone through and that you've gone through have actually turned out to be um, an enhancement to our lives as a result of recovery. So, uh, this is great. I'm looking awesome. forward to next week. We've got your son on, uh, Jacob Braffman, and uh, we're going to dig into his experience and your experience, and it should be interesting. So thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, please follow us, comment, like, uh, share. Uh, really trying to get this podcast off the ground and, um, and get it to as many people as possible. So thank you very much. All right.